0: If you're a Disney Plus subscriber and you're watching The Mandalorian, Jack and I have a podcast for you. Every week we'll discuss the latest episode of The Mandalorian and talk about other great content and maybe some not so great content on Disney Plus as well. As two lifelong Star Wars fans we have a ton of fun geeking out over all the little details of the show and we want you to join us every Monday. So search for Disney Plus Reviews. That's Disney, P-L-U-S, Reviews. Hey, Phil, how about that Baby Yoda?
1: Baby Yoda says at the podcast. At Sif Pop. We're your movie friends.
0: And are friends really friends? If you don't know them? So grab a popcorn. And head over to our row. So we can chat movies. Like friends do. There's always room. For more movie friends. So sit back. Relax. And enjoy the show. Welcome. 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 To the writer's room. Hello and welcome to Sif Pop Writer's Room. I'm your host Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And today I'm joined by Sif Pop writer Robert...
1: There's only two things in this life I hate heights and jumping from them.
0: <laughs> oh, that was my favorite line of this movie. Actually. <laughs> it was
1: mine. I loved it.
0: Nice. Um, yeah, that was really funny. We write for Sifpop.com. Uh, we edit for Sifpop as well. Uh, throw that out there every now and then we do movie reviews, best ever challenges and lots of other movie related articles, lots of good stuff happening on the site. So make sure to go to Sifpop.com to keep up with all that, please. Um, we put in a lot of work to make that site special. So, um, Mm-mm. Your your views, your comments, everything is uh, always very appreciated. Uh, But on the podcast today, um, we're going to talk about uh, uh, three coming attractions that are coming out this week to varying degrees, and we'll um, uh, talk about another goat because Robert's on uh, or potential goat, sorry, uh, which is uh, Muppets Christmas Carol. Uh, We'll be talking about that film for a little bit, and uh, we'll do a B plot, which is building off of what uh, Joseph said. uh, sent the question. I said we, we got to kind of build up to whatever he really wants, which I don't actually know that that's really a like feasible thing to do. Um, the question that he actually wanted it's it's just a little bit too specific, but I think we can build off movie quotes a couple more times. Um, uh, at least, at least last, last month and this month, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and we'll do a spinoff, a quick recommender one from each one of us, uh, and we'll wrap up, but uh, first. Um, we're going get a chance to, to let Robert talk about something. Robert, you and I were just talking about this on the SifPop family meeting, by the way. Um, uh, so kind of not not the newest thing. But in 2021, SifPop.com published over 200 reviews uh, plus all the regular articles. Uh, as uh, as we did earlier, we'll pat ourselves on the back again. But how, um, how do you feel looking at what we've done for the past year? Um, what's it, you know, it feels like uh, things, it, it, things aren't slowing down because, you know, all these big, exciting movies are coming out that are going to be awards mm-hmm. contending for the next, you know, three months. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not, there, there's not really a movie off season. <laughs> um, so at least for, for editing and all that stuff. So, um, no. uh, just, uh, w- your thoughts over, uh, the, the past year, roughly.
1: Uh, it's great. It feels good. Um, it was fun. Like we, we talked about on the Patreon. Uh, it was fun to add about a dozen people Mm-hmm Um, and we've integrated them nicely. I think everyone gets along well. We have great chats in the Slack, so it's good to see that at, at the top of everything, we're building a good community of people who enjoy each other's digital company, Mm -hmm. uh, some people in person company. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's really fun. Uh, and I think we're hitting our stride just with the site because everyone is really comfortable. We have a good core group of people, maybe like 12 to 20 people who contribute regularly Um, so it's great to have all of that happening. And, um, for a while there, sometimes we would send out messages to be like, Hey, there's still movies available for the BEC trying to round out the top 10, but now there's no week where we don't have at least five honorable mentions. Sometimes Mm -hmm. as many as like 10, 10 or 15 even. Um, so it's, it's really great. Um, Which is
0: really frustrating since I've been making the articles with the with the graphics for the honorable mentions. Because, <laughs> like, trying to fit 20 things into one box. So uh, I try to do my best every time. And I also try not to, like, let things be bigger than other things if I can avoid it.
1: But it, that is a good problem to have, you know. Yes. Um,
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: If that's our biggest complaint, I think things are going well. So, yeah. All in all, I think I'm really happy with how things are going over here at Sifpop. Um, the only thing I think that could be better, uh, would be my editing partner. But other than that thing, of the well.
0: <laughs> yeah, if only he actually, you know, did stuff. <laughs> it
1: was terrible. No, no, no. no. Great. Uh, editing partner. Aaron's great. Anyway.
0: Yay, thanks. Um, sometimes I feel weird. Like I feel like a clown being called an editor. Cause like, I think we, we came on and we were going to do like equal part stuff, but then we quickly realized like, it would just be easier if you did all the text and I did like. So I do like the graphics, I, I import everything in the letterbox, which at this point is usually like once a week, I just dump everything and it takes me like an hour. Um, so sometimes I feel weird being called an editor, but
1: well, Blake's original title was managing editor. That's true. And I think I have the editor title, like, that's pretty fitting. And I think you have manager in there pretty well, because <laughs> yeah. you do a lot of scheduling stuff and talking to people. So
0: they go Robert and then Aaron make a Blake. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, with more uh, people, I will say. Yeah, no, it's been fun. And I've, I've loved my personal favorite thing is getting creative with some of the graphics. Um, if when we're doing a BEC, uh, when first of all, when we're, when we're doing reviews, I just try to find something that's going to capture what this film actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, which, like, my personal favorite image of this year was the Last Night in Soho one because it's not a screen cap, it's like this gorgeous pastel painting type thing. Um, I love it. Um, Happens to also be a movie I wrote for, but, um, uh, <laughs> so but, that was all you. but I also love like trying to find, uh, movies that when we do the BEC that accurately capture, um, what we're talking about. So if it's like movies with a blue character, like making sure the blue character is in there, sometimes that's yeah. really hard for me to find. Um, sometimes that's near impossible to find. Sometimes it's just not a good you know, image or whatever. So it doesn't always work out. Um, especially with some of these, like, yeah, like when we did Mistaken Identity, like you can't really capture that. Um, so, but but I've really yeah. loved um, getting creative with some of them. Or sometimes I'll just DM Robert in Slack and be like, I'm really happy with this image. Just because, uh, like like Borat was one of them. Um, I can't even remember what the image was, but it was just like, I love this Borat picture. And- I, it's the
1: same way. I remember you messaging me about Borat. I don't remember exactly what it was.
0: Well, and to some degree, I think it's some at some point when he's at the rodeo. Um, hmm. But there's even some degree where I'll even just send Robert pictures and be like, "I really want to use this for the graphic, but I know I can't." Um, Again, Borat. <laughs> yeah. And on the rare occasion that I get to, um, on the rare occasion that I get to put the images for the BEC in the article before you, I love like leaving random notes in there. That's like, hmm. here's a fun note, and like I'll literally write, "Here's a fun note," and there's like, um you know, this movie is here and fun story about this movie. Like, you know, and I am i can't remember any of the like specific examples, but um,
1: because it hasn't really happened in a while, I've kind of right. been on top of it. I try to keep my schedule the way it is, but every once in a while. Yeah.
0: Well, and I try to get around to the BECs before Friday morning, but that's just not the way it's worked for the last like three <laughs> months. So uh, anyway, uh, I have one random question for you, Robert. Uh, mm-hmm. What is that first thing that you drink when you wake up?
1: I only drink water. <laughs> so
0: you're boring. So,
1: some sometimes I'll have soda or sometimes I'll have an alcoholic beverage, but that that one the second one's definitely not the first thing I drink when I wake up. Oh, you don't uh, wake up
0: to to gin and tonic or No, no, not anymore. <laughs> Tequila. Um, <laughs> not anymore? No. <laughs> I love cryptic cancers. Like no, like whenever anybody helps. asks me like uh, oh, do you have any kids? I'm like not in this country. And, uh, <laughs>
1: So. And that still could mean no. But.
0: <laughs> right. And like, look, I'm not lying. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly.
1: But yeah, I. sorry, I'm boring. I don't drink coffee or uh, juice or anything like that. It's just every once in a while, soda, or alcohol. But other than that, it's always just water.
0: I uh, I need to get better about drinking water. Um, my morning drink has become uh, uh, coffee, but it's because... Like, here, here's the reason why I got into coffee. And like, I'm far from a snob. Like, I buy like the donut shop stuff that is like stuff that doesn't taste like coffee. Um, like my, my favorite is like coconut, uh, mocha or something like that. But I had this one last week that was like, um, nutty caramel or something like that. It was really good. And I currently have like white chocolate mocha or something like that. Um, anyway, so I, I, I don't like, I still don't like coffee. I'm not a snob, but I started drinking coffee again because, uh, it, it's one less thing that isn't soda. And I used to drink so much soda. Hmm. Um, I still do for a while, but it's like, it's just one less thing now i put sugar in my coffee and i, definitely I was gonna say is this decaf
1: soda. coffee because how much how different is coffee from soda in terms of how good it is or how bad it is for you um
0: for nutritional if you if you drink it black uh, better. Okay. um better um i think it's when you add cream and sugar and all that but it's just like i don't i don't actually know um <laughs> like if it if it is but it was just it's one less thing that isn't soda yeah um because i'm i'm trying to kick it i've bought uh Uh, well i'm not trying to kick it i'm trying to curb it um Mm -hmm. i don't want to give up soda i just want to give up more than two sodas a day um so um, yeah so i'm trying to do whatever i can and honestly best thing that's worked out for me is i bought a circle bottle um c-i-r-k-u-l and it's um they're not paying me to say this um i wish they were but they're not no free ads um it's a um uh it's a water bottle that like has an infusion pod built into it and they're actually really good. Mm. Um like they have a fruit punch pod and it's all zero calories and zero sugar. Um and so I um like their fruit punch one actually tastes like red Gatorade. Um it's crazy. Um they have like a sweet tea with lemon one, they have raspberry tea, peach tea, all those are great. Um so that's been the best thing to help me um you know dr- I'm I, I'm drinking water. Uh maybe that's a maybe that's a good random question. Is that water? Like if you add a Mio to a water, are you still drinking water or no?
1: I don't people know. debate
0: me this all the time, right?
1: Because isn't soda just carbonated water cr- carbonated flavor water?
0: No, well, I'm um, no I'm willing to say that that's different, but I'm saying if you change my argument is if you change the nutritional value of something, then you've changed it. And um you know, so it's so coffee versus coffee with creamer is different. Um And a water with a lemon in it is not different. And a water with an infusion pod that has, the big thing is no sugar Mm -hmm. and no calories. Like it's still a water. Now it's artificially flavored water, but I'm still drinking water.
1: Uh, My sister-in-law has a master's degree in nutrition. So next time I see her soon, I'll ask her and I'll get back to you next time we record.
0: Cool. I'm counting on it.
1: All right. I um, hope I remember.
0: I love it. Um, uh, well, that's enough for that. Uh, let's talk about The Matrix. <laughs> okay. No, uh, Matrix, King's Band, or Tragedy of Big Beth? Which one do you want to kick it off with?
1: Let's go by my my uh, typical way. Matrix is first in the notes.
0: All right. Uh, Matrix, this is coming out uh, December 22nd. This will be a um, HBO Max simultaneous release for the first 30 days, as well as in theaters. I forgot about that. Uh, you forgot about that.
1: I forgot that it was on HBO because I, I'm just looking for biggest screen I can.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Um, this is not one that I care to see um, in uh, um, at home on my mm-hmm. first viewing, if there's anything I could do about it. Um, this is Lana Wachowski coming back. Uh, it used to be the um, Wachowskis together um, did the first three. Uh, this one's just Lana. Um, Kiana Reeves returning. Uh, carrie Ann Moss returning, um, I think that's really the only big return, oh, Jada Pinkett Smith, I think she was in the original trilogy, I can't quite remember, um, that sounds familiar, but we got return, uh, we got newcomers, uh, to the franchise, Neil Patrick Harris, Yaha abdul the II, um, uh, Christina Ricci, Jessica Henwick, and a uh, big surprise for me, Jonathan Groff, who's still in an in undisclosed role, um, that one's a big surprise to me, um. Uh, Robert, uh, have you gotten around to seeing the the Matrix movies yet? I know you wanted to before this one came out.
1: No, I still haven't, but I will. Uh, I think this weekend um, we're recording this a couple... I don't even know when this episode comes out, but we're recording uh, this early.
0: Yeah, 13 days from now.
1: <laughs> okay, so we're recording this way early. Uh, so this Yay, weekend... the Christmas season. Yeah, I will be hopefully watching them all.
0: Uh, so I guess maybe this this question more goes along the lines of like how like are you excited like are you actually excited to watch this franchise or is it just like because it's so ingrained like so I guess for your for this coming attraction your skill really should depend on the franchise as a whole right yeah like, yeah not necessarily this one individual movie is it like like are you actually excited to watch these or is it just kind of like I should watch these
1: well I do want to make it clear I have seen the first one okay. Um,
0: I'd thought, uh, but I wasn't positive.
1: Yeah, I have seen the first one. Um, and yeah, I am I am excited to watch them. The uh, thing was, if I'm remembering correctly, I watched them sometime in high school. Uh, my parents were fairly strict with what I watched in high school. So I watched the first one with my mom and my brother, and we liked it, and we wanted to watch the second one. And does the second one open with, like, nudity? Is like, is there yes. nudity? Yes. So my mom had us turn it off, and I never saw the second two because of that. Um, Now I'm an adult; I can watch whatever I want. So that's I like. I wanted to watch it back in high school ten years ago. Uh, I still want to watch them now, and the trailer for the new one looks great. Like I didn't see the second trailer just released. I haven't watched it. I don't want to. No, Um, me neither. that, That first main trailer is great. I've seen it a million times in theaters now, and just that song, that feeling. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited just because of that, and I, I want to see what it's all about, um, like the, the franchise leading up to this. So yeah, I'm very excited.
0: Yeah, um, so I've seen all three films. I've seen the first one more than any of the other ones. I think I've seen the sequels two, maybe three times each. Um, they're better than people think they are, and I think that like, people have come around onto them, but it was just like, when they came out, it was like, they're nowhere near as good as the originals, so obviously... Um, you're going to hate on them a little bit, but, but I think there, there was a little bit of like, once people realized what they actually were and they were never going to be as good as the original. uh, Mm Um, I think people have come around. It was just a very stark reaction at the beginning, um, that people are now like, hold on, like they're not awful. Um, and, uh, so I, I think they're better than people think. Uh, but the first one is like top 10 movie of all time for me. Yeah. Um, at least as it currently stands. So, uh, I should be no surprise. I'm opening weekend here. Um, are you, are you that high? Or are you a little lower? Uh,
1: it honestly just depends on my schedule, but like, you know, divorced of all of that free of all of that yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm opening weekend.
0: Nice. Yeah. And, uh, I'm with you again, uh, biggest screen possible. Um, I'd love to go see this in an IMAX screen. Um, uh, I'm, even if it means i needed to wait a couple of days you know if if opening night mm-hmm. is sold out like you know um you know, i was just say even if i needed to travel but i'm already you know 45 minutes away from the closest IMAX screen so mm. um yeah um biggest screen i possibly could um honestly this is one of those movies i wish and even would think it would be worth it driving over to chicago and seeing this in navy piers IMAX screen which is woof is a big boy so um yeah th- i i like that's i want the biggest possible screen uh i'm here for this uh i love everything uh i love how i love here here's stark difference between um this is weird because i haven't yet recorded the episode with alice that's tomorrow but that episode will come out earlier than this
1: <laughs> so i'm
0: saying like here's like so here's the comparison between like spider-man and this right I feel like I know everything about Spider-Man No Way Home. And I've not been diving into everything. I know nothing about this Matrix movie. Everything has been cryptic. Um, you know, Jonathan Groff is doesn't have a character name listed here. Um, all, there's a lot of these characters uh, mm-hmm. that are listed here that are, like, it's just, like, the analyst for Neil Patrick Harris or whatever. Um, uh, uh, Yaha Abdul-Mateen uh, the Second is playing uh, Morpheus. But, like they've been very cryptic in how they're describing him as Morpheus. Cause he's not the Morpheus we know, but he's not, not the Morpheus we know it, it, like it's they're They've been so cryptic with everything that I like, I'm so excited and don't get me wrong. I'm excited for Spider-Man too, as well I or for Spider-Man also. Um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, uh, but at the same time, it's like, this is a completely different level of excitement. Um, you know, just based off of the announcements and the past history, I'm, would be more excited for Spider-Man, but like I am more excited about Matrix um, because there is so much that I don't know. It's almost like, uh, um, like like Cloverfield did a great job of this too, right? Like with being very cryptic in its marketing and kind of getting that hook and being like, hold on, like I got to go see this and like getting me to the point where it's, I don't know how you could be mildly interested in this movie and be okay waiting after opening weekend to see this. Yeah, unless it's like something to do with your schedule, like right, right. I got I gotta have my answers now. <laughs> uh,
1: Warner Bros. has uh, marketed one of their big movies well this year, at least because part of the reason people didn't like, like, had problems with Dune was this is only half a movie. If only they had said Part One, then they would, you know. So going into this one, it's just like what well, you were just saying. So yeah, good, it's good and, marketing this time around.
0: And if uh, if Reminiscence was advertised as not just inception again. Hmm. Uh, you know, maybe people would have perceived it a little bit better. Uh, maybe people would have actually watched it. Um, and, uh, um, trying to think of, of any other big ones they flopped this year. Yeah. But yeah, Dune's a big example. Yeah. Um, yeah, th- this is really great, uh, marketing. Um, Yeah, and I think as it stands, um, I don't think HBO has made a commitment on what they're going to do for 2022 films. Um, I don't think they're going to do this again. No, I don't think so either. And especially, like, we're recording this December 9th. Um, Yeah, I don't think that they've announced plans. I don't think that they will. No. So um, this is quite likely going to be the last day and days at least of the current way that they're doing it um, for HBO Max. Uh, I'd be surprised if they don't have something, but... Um, I, I would be surprised if they just, I wouldn't be surprised if they just change it to, it'll hit HBO Max like between theaters and Blu ray or mm. something like that. Um, you know, I say give, give Blu ray a small exclusivity window, but say like, you know, 30 days after Blu ray comes out or whatever. Um, you know, anyway. Yeah. Uh, very excited. Yeah. Um, well, by your logic, we should talk about The Kingsman next. Unless you had other thoughts on me. No,
1: no. Kingsman is next in my notes. So let's go.
0: Perfect. Uh, this is a prequel movie for the Kingsman franchise, uh, written and directed by Matthew Vaughn. A couple other um, screenplay um, credits on there as well, mostly Mark Miller, which the comic book uh, he makes the comic book that's based off of the Secret Service, um, and uh, Carl Gad- 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 Gadjusek. Um, that's definitely pronounced wrong. but uh, This is a prequel. This takes place in uh, the World War I era in the early years of the 20th century. Kingsmen agencies formed to stand against uh, capital. That's a word I've never seen. Uh, <laughs> plotting a war to wipe out millions. Um, Ray finds Gemma Adderton, uh, Reese uh, Iffins. Hopefully, uh, I, again, I don't know. Sorry. Uh, Jamon Honsu, uh, Matthew Gord um charles dance in here um a little bit of uh um uh game of thrones lannister a little bit of uh dad, <laughs> daddy lannister uh and daniel brule apparently also in here to, to somewhere to some extent uh what about this one robert uh again out of your own free will um uh, nothing else matters uh opening weekend oh by the way should be noted this is coming out Um, December 22nd as well, this is theaters exclusive. So, uh, your own free will, opening weekend, wait for a matinee, which you can rent it at home, streaming service you already pay for, or are you not interested? Uh,
1: probably matinee, because I never saw the second one, and I watched the first one during college with my roommates, and I remember falling asleep, just because I was tired from college. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not because I was bored, but but this one looks fun enough, and I enjoyed what I was awake for (laughs) with the first one, so... Uh, yeah, I'd go see it because I have one friend who I go see you know action type movies with, and I haven't seen anything with him in a while, so I gotta get together though
0: yeah uh, I'll be writing matinee with you as well. um I like this franchise a lot um i I like the second movie better than the first, which is uh I, I think a lot of people think that one is slightly better than one but they're both good movies um I I really like the first movie, and I love the second movie. Um, they're both good. I still like both of them a lot. Um, but they're there's something special about that second one. Um, I, I'm really interested to see where you come down on it because uh, there's a lot of these franchises that you come to late. You're you are like, hold on, you guys are all wrong. Like with 007, you guys, you guys told me Quantum of Solace was a bad mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. Like so, yeah. And there's that's that's not an uncommon thing um, for you to have different reactions to, to movies that people have been saying for their, for the past long time so
1: well i'm not sure i'll be able to watch the other two before i watch the new one but if it's a prequel i don't really like my guess is you don't need to yeah. i wonder
0: if there's like a post credit stinger that sets up cuz they are apparently still making king'sman 3 hmm. which i like welcome like i'd love for this to um, after when the second one came out they announced this movie three and kingsman three and four as well as the statesman spin-off which are introduced in kingsman two uh so they like we're gonna make this a whole cinematic thing and hmm. uh like I, I want it all especially like as long as matthew vaughn's behind it that's the that's the kicker yeah um this has had a troubled production um it, i think it was originally supposed to come out like two three years ago uh it got pushed back part some parts to covid but a lot of it was just kept on getting pushed back because reshoots or whatnot um and as much as you would think the more that they tamper with it and the more that they try to make it perfect, that that would, uh, that that would help. It typically doesn't. So
1: no, well, yeah. I like Ray Fiennes a whole lot. Um, he, I always like him no matter what he's in. So I, I would go see it if only for him, to be honest.
0: Sure. Um, okay. And then on a the tragedy, big Beth. Um, this is a uh, Christmas Day release. Um, this is Apple TV Plus. So um, I don't think they typically do theater releases. I think it's just straight to Apple TV Plus, right?
1: Uh, that sounds right.
0: Because they didn't do that with Finch. Um, yeah, but I'm wondering be because that. this is a big Oscar contender. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think it's just going to be Apple TV Plus. So uh, Toto
1: must have played somewhere if it's getting. Awards talk.
0: I mean, maybe it got, uh, well, I think it plays at like indie theaters, but I don't, I don't think it's like advance. I don't think it's like this December 25th reflects that. I think it's, this will be on Apple TV plus Christmas day. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, anyway, this is uh Joel Cohen um, adapting uh, Macbeth <laughs> um, starring uh, Denzel Washington, Francis McDormand, um, a lot of brand gleason's in there, Corey Hawkins, uh, was in the Straight Out of Compton and in, in the Heights. Um, oh, I didn't know
1: he's in that. Uh,
0: Steven Root, uh, is in Barry, among some other things. Oh, uh, what's
1: his name from Harry Potter? Dudley from Harry Potter's in here, <laughs> Harry Milling.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't recognize his name, and yeah, now that I'm looking, he was in something recently that like. Because he, he slimmed was, down. What was
1: he was in uh, the other Cohen movie, the other latest Cohen movie for Netflix, the Western uh, anthology one.
0: Oh, the Buster uh, Scruggs. Got no, I was thinking of the Old Guard, um, but yes, oh. he was in Buster Scruggs.
1: Well, I didn't uh, see the Old Guard, so
0: it's worth a watch. It's fine.
1: That was the Charlize one.
0: Yeah. yeah uh let's see synopsis for this is uh, a scottish lord becomes convicted by a trio which is that he will become the next king of scotland and his ambitious wife supports him in his plans of seizing power uh robert i gotta be honest i didn't check out a trailer for this one but it's kind of been intentional uh because after foster wrote his review i'm like i just want to see this movie okay. as soon as i can um and uh yeah you know, i it's kind of intentional, but I would have watched it had I done proper show prep, but you know me. Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> Slacker. No. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see this one. I was at my local indie last night um, and it's always like I'm holding or crossing my fingers holding my breath for whether they'll get some of like the, the movies like this that may or may not hit theaters Or, you know, stuff like that. And they had a poster up for Tragedy of Macbeth, so I'm very excited to go see this in theaters. Um, I'm interested to see how the story is going to change, because Denzel is playing Macbeth, right? And Denzel's what, 60?
0: Yeah, yes, he's playing Lord Macbeth, and Francis Mm -hmm. LeDron's playing Lady Macbeth. Uh, Denzel Washington is... uh, Born
1: in 1954. uh, 54. that's almost 70, isn't it? My math's not good. Yeah, it's 67. I,
0: I don't know. I didn't go to a real college. Uh, <laughs> I went to Bible college. Uh, we didn't study numbers. <laughs> um, isn't?
1: Wouldn't you study numbers? Study only most I mean, of the yeah, books of the, the Bible?
0: Numbers is boring. Man. Um,
1: anyway, yes. uh, I'm just interested to see because Macbeth is like the character in the play. I'm pretty sure I haven't read it since college. I'm pretty sure he's a young... Like twenty, I think that's right. Yeah, character. So I'm am just interested interested to see how the story is going to go.
0: That's all. And I think is this the one, or is it Hamlet that um, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are the are dead, or the I think that's right, Hamlet, right? Hamlet, yeah. Okay, that's the one I'm more familiar with. Hamlet. Um, I'm not at all familiar with Macbeth. Um, okay. I have never read the play. Um, I think my only thing with Macbeth is that I think the Simpsons did a Treehouse of Horror where they um, recreated. Macbeth. i think they did like three shakespearean ones so i think they did a Macbeth, hamlet and something else um i have uh i have no clue what to expect because i've never seen so I, uh, so i don't know like is this just an adaptation is this like an alternate telling of you know i i think this is just an adaptation um like i think this is just telling that story there's got to be some altercations though if you're saying because you know denzel washington and francis mcdormand are young anymore right. um, at least not you know super young um so um yeah i i'm really excited for this one uh for sure um look cohen attached great um yeah. washington and Dormand attached great um some of the others act, actors we mentioned, actors and actresses we mentioned great um apple tv plus like we were talking about in the sif pop family meeting um, to me they've only had one bomb and that's Cherry. Uh, Cherry's an awful movie um, but like b- most of their stuff is good to great um, and we were talking about some of the middling ones that we hadn't seen but like
1: I don't even think of this as like an Apple TV Plus movie either even though it's coming there
0: yeah that's it's weird right <laughs>
1: like I don't think of The Irishman as a Netflix movie you know I think of like this is where this big time movie director got to make their movie like I think of mm all those silly little rom-coms as netflix movies you know what i mean uh
0: i guess yeah well i guess that's fair and i don't know um you know i don't know if they intended to make like i know some filmmakers have contracts with studios where they'll get first looks um like i think the the game of thrones people did a first look contract with netflix and uh um i don't know what's going on with them anymore yeah neither (laughs) do i um, <laughs> I don't know that anybody does. I don't know if Weiss and Benioff have an idea. Yeah. Um, uh But the. Um, uh, didn't Damien Giselle do one as well? Like a first look contract I, with Apple TV Plus, I think?
1: I don't uh, know. I remember names get thrown around constantly with these first look deals, so I have no idea.
0: Well, I think I think Nolan just did a first look deal with somebody else that's not Warner because of.
1: Well, Nolan's going to Universal, and holy crap, they just announced more of the cast of this movie. Getting off topic just for half a second. Uh, in in the Oppenheimer movie is going to be Florence Pugh, Rami Malek, Benny Safdie, Robert Downey Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, Killian Murphy. Yeah, like what the heck? <laughs> anyway,
0: um, yeah, crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, I just uh, you're right. This doesn't necessarily feel. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it, it's weird that you're right. Some of those like kissing booth or whatever feel yeah. like Netflix movies. I mean, I, I haven't seen it, but like, that's what I expect from a Netflix movie. Um, but it's weird because they have good stuff. I love Trial of Chicago seven.
1: Um, well, that's another Irish one. It like, was fine. You know? Well, my point is like, there's some movies that are made for Netflix. Yes. And then there's some movies that are made by
0: like, I, all right, I'm so going like,
1: to sound disrespectful, so... but some movies made by actual filmmakers where they can find, <laughs> Netflix as a distributor. Well,
0: no, no, like that's the great example because like Trial of Chicago 7 was was made and intending to release
1: in yeah. theaters
0: and then when the pandemic happened they still wanted to get it out there so they're like we'll compromise and we'll just release it on Netflix. It wasn't made for Netflix. It's distributed mm-hmm. by Netflix whereas Bright was made for Netflix.
1: Right. Like, yeah.
0: Um so yeah. Um like Roma I'll, I'll be disrespectful too. You.
1: you don't think of Roma and to all the boys of love before in the same thought. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, like...
0: I do, but <laughs> 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 no, no, no. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And say, anyway. I mean, but like, but you, at least Apple TV has a good track record, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, but I look, at, all I'm trying to say is I look at the track record of Cohen, uh, Washington, McDormand, Gleason, you know, all of that before Apple.
0: Anyway. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I'm excited yeah.
1: for this. I, took a shakespeare class in college because i thought i wanted to be an english major um <laughs> that turned out not to be the case but the, the shakespeare class was good and i learned a lot and i uh, have, an, have a larger appreciation than i would have otherwise for shakespeare stuff
0: just your um have you seen billy madison recently no have you seen it at all no Oh, dang it. Just the way that you said the, the Shakespearean class was good just reminds me there's like a scene because it's Adam Sandler and he just oversimplifies everything. He's just like, is good. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> like really complex things is like cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, how about Muppet's Christmas Carol? You ready to talk about that?
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh- is that what we're supposed to watch? Yeah, I'm ready to talk.
0: <laughs> uh, I would hope so. Uh, your letterbox says that you've seen it. so Yes. Um, all right. Uh, Muppets Christmas Carol. Uh, this is uh, available on Disney Plus, by the way, if you're interested in checking it out. It is a 1992 film. Um, <clears throat> the um, it's, it's a Christmas tarot, Carol with Muppets. That's your plot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh as far as why this might be considered a goat uh it's got a 7.7 on IMDb which isn't quite high enough to crack the top 250 of all time uh 64 on Metacritic which I thought was surprisingly low and a 76% on Rotten Tomatoes which I also thought was surprisingly low but it does have a 3.9 aggregate on Letterboxd. Um I, I uh it had bo- bo- uh, modest box office success uh 27.3 million uh in the states. Um which states? <laughs> Sorry, uh, <laughs> the Virginias. Uh, yeah, uh, it's uh, it's it's generally pretty adored. Like, um, seemingly much higher than. Yeah, for uh, some reason,
1: I thought it had a higher uh, reputation.
0: Well, and we had we had thought this out of this. First of all, like, there's not as extensive of a legacy section um, as most of this. Uh, most of the movies we talk about um there's not as extensive of a like it, part of this is because this is a Christmas carol which is done a ton of time and it's set in the in the muppet stuff this is oh, this mm-hmm. isn't and look this isn't going to be put in the national film registry so like you know this isn't going to make AFI's list other than maybe like best christmas movies which you know are they i don't, don't, do I don't know um i didn't see it on a, any any AFI list but yeah you're right this is uh I, I think a lot of people consider this like a top five, uh, at least, Christmas movie of all time. I think most people would consider this the definitive version of a Christmas Carol. Um, at least, most people that have seen it, um, or their favorite, or yeah, or at least their favorite, right? So they're definitive for them, right? Yeah. Um, like I think there's a lot of people's favorite version of it. I think this is. I think this is a lot of people's favorite Muppets property, um, like favorite Muppets film um, or you know iteration of them somehow. Um, I like. Th- I think I don't know. Um, but like, I feel like that was the consensus, which is why we threw it in this goats conversation. And I, I think it's worthy here. I mean, three point nine on Letterboxd is like really impressive.
1: Letterboxd people are snobs,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, so that's the thing. Like, if it, you, and, and looking at the bell curve, or you know, what? Like, there, it's not a bell curve, but it's like this tops out at um, right about four stars. But like, there's a really respectable amount of five stars. Like, mm-hmm. five stars is the second highest. Rating that it gets, and there's next to no two and a half stars or below. Like, I think Letterbox is maybe yeah. the best way to to kind of see what people actually think about a movie. Well, what um, film people
1: our age think. Yeah. Well, right,
0: yeah. Well, film people our age, but even just like Letterbox accounts for critics and other people as well. And IMDb is a bunch of trolls, and you know, <laughs> so is Rotten Tomatoes. Rot- Rotten Tomatoes is what it is. And <laughs> Well, uh, we should say
1: our criteria for choosing goats has always been. Like one of us hasn't seen it at least if not, both of us hasn't seen it and we try to do it themed. Yeah. Um, so we were looking for a Christmas movie and both of us have seen like all of the, like most of the canonized Christmas movies. So Which I,
0: which I think would be fine to revisit, you know, something like it's a wonderful life, especially if one of us hasn't seen it in several years or whatever. But, but yeah, for the most part we do try to keep these, um, one of us, at least one of us hasn't seen, if not both of us. And so that's
1: kind of how we, you know, this, this met, this was the first one that kind of met both of those criteria.
0: Sure. Well, and then the, the other thing is like, we're, we're also not trying to get, you know, hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, sure. If it, if it comes across cool, but like, yeah, you know, I, I feel like just in general, pop culture consciousness is what we're going for. Um, mm-hmm. so, um, I think this qual- qualifies. So there's a little bit of your history about this. Um, uh, Robert, I'm curious. Uh, what's your history with Muppet stuff, like in general? Um, and had you seen this movie before, or was this your first time?
1: I never seen it, and I my my history with the Muppets is that I know they exist, and I know Kermit and Miss Piggy. And I feel like maybe I watched some stuff as a kid, but like not ex- <clears throat> excuse me, not extensive.
0: Well, this so this is the interesting thing about this. though. Right? Like, I'm, I was born in 1995. You were 96, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like. I feel like there was kind of a little bit of a Muppets gap there. Like, this was 1992. I don't know if they were just making movies or whatever, but like, I remember Sesame Street was much bigger than the Muppets. um, Yeah. And I remember a a couple of Muppets movies, the ones I specifically remember, which I couldn't tell you anything about. I just know we had them and I'd seen them. There was uh, Muppets in Space was one of them. And uh, Muppets um, Take Manhattan, I think, were the two that I remember. I don't know that I've ever like necessarily even seen any of them. Those were just the ones I know we had around, but um, I I think Muppets maybe had a little bit of a, like missed a little bit of a generation or I I don't know. Like, but they seem to have been like constantly like a part of pop culture consciousness. I mean, kids today are going to grow up with the Muppets. You know, Mm -hmm. they're always making kind of like Looney Tunes. Like they're always making new stuff of this. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, I don't have much history with the Muppets either. Like I said, I cut and I Muppets of space was the one I remember more thoroughly, but I think Muppets take Manhattan. Um, we owned, I would doubt that I've seen that one. Um, I owned the, the two re- most recent live action move, uh, the Muppets and the Muppets most wanted, which I hear really good thing about the, the Muppets, the one with Jason Siegel. I hear really good things about that one. And I hear, pretty mediocre things about the one with Ricky Gervais, but like, you know, mediocre Muppets is still better than a lot of things. Um, and Man. as somebody with not a lot of history, I'm wondering if I like it more than most people. So, um,
1: people, the more, go. the more history you have with a property, I feel like the less likely it is. You're going to like a new one.
0: Right. Right. So, yeah. Um, so that's a little bit of, uh, my history, our history. Uh, we got to rate this thing, Robert. Muppets Christmas Carol. Did you like it, love it, hate it, dislike it? I think it's just okay.
1: I'll say high Side of Like It. Me too. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, for, like it wasn't until the movie started that I was like, I don't know how much Muppet like baggage I need to have to enjoy this. I was like, hopefully there's not there might have been like a lot of inside jokes about like this character normally acts this way and they're doing their thing, and I just like didn't get it. But sure. It's fun. It's charming. It's a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas carol. That's always a great story no matter who does it. Um, the music was a lot of fun. I have the that opening song like, Here Comes Mr. Humbug that's like in my head right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Really funny. Yeah, it's just great all around. Michael Caine, I didn't know he played Scrooge. <laughs> First, I didn't realize there were humans in it. Um, so I thought it was going to be like, Kermit is Scrooge.
0: Yeah, me we- too. Uh, and then Michael Caine comes across the screen, like the name and I'm like, Oh, what a, what what the like
1: Yeah, exactly. So then I, yeah, it was fun.
0: Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I was wondering the same thing too, but I feel like I know the characters enough, um, or at least the idea of what the characters are supposed to be enough that I was like surprised at how much I, I could figure it out. Hmm. Um, So like, you know, I, like I knew the drummer character obviously. Um, and, and the two hecklers, um, which by the way, them as Marley and then making two Marley's was like delightful. Yeah. Um, and I really liked their song. Um, I think it's Marley and Marley is the name or Marley. Marley.
1: Real quick. The, the joke with the drummer was great where he just (laughs) hitting the triangle.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was great. Yeah. I really liked that. Um, but I don't know, there's also an element, too, of, like, I do confuse this with Sesame Street a little bit, like, because hmm. like, I was sitting there like, oh, is Oscar Grouch going to show up? I was like, wait, nope, never mind, that's Sesame Street. Like, you know, it's just, it's one of those things. They're both puppets. They're both, like, primary target is young kids. Um, Sesame Street, probably a little younger than the Muppets, but, um, you know, their target audience. But I was just, like, I don't, I don't, it's been a while since I've seen any of them. So, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I'm not going to confuse Big Bird and, and Elmo for Miss Piggy and Kermit, but. Um, but yeah, the, seeing Michael Caine in the credits, and that was like, oh, okay. And then seeing him play Scrooge, I'm like, that's inspired. Like, that's perfect. Yeah, like it's really, really great casting. Um, so did you like him?
1: Yeah, I I always like Michael Caine. Um, even in like now you see me, where it's just like a nothing role, and he's phoning yeah. it in. It's still fun. I like those movies anyway. But yeah, Michael Caine's always great.
0: So, um, I really liked him in the beginning and the end, but I didn't know that I bought his transition. And I, I don't think it's a him problem. I think it might be a pacing problem, like a movie problem. You know, it's a brisk 85 minutes, and, like, they're, because they add music, um, it's a musical. Um, the original Christmas Carol isn't, uh, so it's a book. So, like, I, that kind of eats up some of your runtime. so you have to kind of expedite some of the stuff. And um, it, it, this movie's not made for a 26-year-old, so... Um, twenty six year old in twenty twenty one, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> but I thought that, um, I, I I thought he was great on both ends of the spectrum as Scrooge, as being the Baham Bug, and as being the really delightful cheery. Because Michael Kane can be both of those things, specifically like the light and cheery. But you know, like he can do that. It was just kind of the transition, and I don't I don't know that it was a him problem, but it was just like he's he's like going way too fast at this, like. This is like it I don't know, like it just felt like he was all of a sudden all right so so for example, when he is at um uh the the house uh uh is it Davy, right? Davy Ratchet, something like that. Bob Cratchit. Bob, Bob Cratchit.
1: It's like I Davey, don't know. I don't know who they
0: could talk to. Bob about. Cratchit <laughs> uh, when he's at Bob Cratchit's house and he uh and then he sees the thing and he says is Tiny Tim gonna live? It's like you, I, you haven't you haven't bought, got enough emotional investment for me yet to believe that you would care whether Tiny Tim dies or not. I'm sure he's a kid; we should all care if Tiny Tim lives or dies. But like, the movie just hadn't earned that reaction from me yet. From this guy that was going to make his people work on Christmas Day, like you know, and was really reluctant to give them any time off. Like, um, so uh, did you feel that way, or was that just me being a snob?
1: No, I feel like I've seen too many christmas carol adaptations slash know the story too well that i'm just mm-hmm. like you know like i can't say oh they did this too fast or anything like that just because like i know it's all gonna happen eventually yeah. and i'm just like oh how are they gonna do it and you know so yeah I, I really didn't have anything like that um i i mostly just paid attention to was i entertained or was i just like waiting all right let's get to the ghost christmas past or whatever um and i i wasn't you know getting antsy or anything like that i was just having a good time enjoying the muppets i liked charles dickens and and uh crap what's what's his buddy's name
0: um oh i don't I it's it's gonzo right is the i don't know like muppet uh People that love the Muppets are going to listen to this and hate us. they <laughs>
1: get very mad at us, but that's okay. Rizzo. Um, okay. Gonzo was Charles Dickens,
0: I think. Yes, I got it.
1: Um, but, like, I I was just mostly waiting for the next time they would come on screen most of the time. Because, mm-hmm. as I mentioned at the very top of the episode, um, when I said my two fears are heights and jumping off of <laughs> or falling from them. And then you're like, oh, you forgot the thing or whatever. And then he just goes right back through the gate. <laughs> you yeah, didn't yeah. have to go over it in the first place.
0: Well, and then that he didn't understand why he why he was, you know, why the other guy looked, why Gonzo looked at him and was like, really? Like, like
1: what? <laughs> yeah, so basically I was just like waiting for all the meta Charles Dickens jokes and all that kind of stuff. I was just... I don't know. It was difficult for me to watch this in the same way as like, whatever, Rebel Without a a Cause is the first other movie we've done that came to mind.
0: Mm. You know,
1: just like, is this going to be a fun Christmas Carol? Am I going to be bored? Oh, it's fun. Great. You know, yeah. so that's kind of where I was.
0: And that's really the only, the other, the other big thing I wrote down was that um, I love how this movie was uniquely Muppets. Like it feels (laughs) like a Muppets property. It doesn't feel like Christmas Carol done with Muppets. It feels like, they took their time. They changed things, having having one of them play Charles Dickens in the story. Um, some of the humor that they've done, you know, some of the bridge transitions, like the you know the the gate one that we talked about. Like, no, it feels like it feels like the Muppets came up with their own version of the story. They just had the outline, and then they said, you know, now how can we make this Muppet? Like, it feels uniquely Muppets, which mm-hmm. is uh, which is kind of surprising. I was expecting a Christmas Carol played by the Muppets, and yeah. You know, I don't know why I I don't know why I thought that because nobody would be talking about it if it was just that. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of good stuff here. I didn't love the soundtrack. Um, that's, that's ultimately why I did and like it um, is because if you're going to make a musical, I have to like most of the songs and um, there's really only two that I like can remember. I watched this yesterday, um, you know, so I didn't just finish watching it right before mm. we record, which is frequently how Very it happens. Very unusual. Um, yeah um <laughs> uh the only ones I, I really wrote down that I recall liking was um uh, and can remember today is the uh the Marley Marley song um which was great and uh of course the the tiny tim song uh the bless us all um mm-hmm. those were the two that I was like yeah these are great and the rest of them are like pretty forgettable for me um so I don't if you're gonna have a musical the song like if La La land doesn't have good songs in it, then it's not a good movie, you know, regardless on how everything about that movie is great. But, you know, um, it you know, if you're going to make a musical and like greatest showman, which is a bad movie, but has a great soundtrack elevates that movie to watchable for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it, it just works that way. And so like, if your soundtrack is mediocre, your movie is going to, you know, it, you know, if your soundtrack is pretty forgettable, it's not going to, it's gonna bring the movie down for me. So,
1: yeah, I I enjoyed the soundtrack though. I'm not typically one to like remember all the songs the next day. Uh, yes. So, it's, I think it's been two days for me. But I, my problem or not problem, but my reasoning for not putting it and loved it is just because I think it's the lack of the history with the Muppets. Mm. Uh, this would be like I liked it a lot. I had a great time. My wife and I enjoyed it. She likes watching Christmas movies around Christmas time. So she mm-hmm. was down and she enjoyed it just like I did. Um, See, definitely... my wife
0: loves Christmas stuff around Christmas time, but doesn't care at all about the Muppets. So mm-hmm. she so was like, eh. I was like, really? yeah. okay, whatever.
1: My wife doesn't care about the Muppets, but she was like, Christmas movie, Christmas Carol? Why not? Uh, right. So, yeah, I'm just like, I'll watch it again. If someone says, you want to watch Christmas Carol? I'll be like, yeah, why not? But it's like, I don't have the history of the Muppets to... Uh, throw this in a yearly rotation. And it's not like, like miracle on 34th street is its own thing. So that's why I'm saying that's why I said sure. last year, I'll throw it in my yearly rotation because I really enjoyed that.
0: What was the other Christmas movie we did for miracle on 34th street? Um, it wasn't uh, that before Christmas cause that was Halloween. Um, I don't know. I just can't remember. Um, I know we must've done two, but miracle on 34th street is the one I remember. Cause that was such a good movie. Um,
1: do we have another Christmas movie?
0: We might. Oh, not Night- have.
1: Nightmare Before Christmas.
0: Oh, we didn't do that on Halloween. I thought we did, we did Halloween and Nightmare Before Christmas.
1: In that case, I don't know.
0: I don't. Maybe we did do it for Christmas because we did Halloween and something else that was actually scary, um, or at least attempting to be scary.
1: Maybe the birds.
0: The birds. That's what it was. Yep. So I remember before Christmas was the other Christmas one. You're right. Yeah. And, uh, I didn't like and that one, so. Yeah, we didn't like neither did I. Um. So, yeah. So, um. It's uh. I I would put this on a yearly rotation. Um. You know, I, I same with uh like Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Um or at least like every other year. I don't know. I feel like there's so many out there. And like, here's the other thing about being such a movie person is that this is the time of the year that we're trying to see all of the award stuff. So like, if you want to throw on Christmas movies on top of that, it's like, they're just not a priority for me. I'd rather, you know, and because I live in Iowa, it's cold six months of the year. Like, and it's snowy anyway. Yeah. So it's like, you know, we could put one on in March and nobody will know different. So, (laughs) um, yeah, no uh but I do no I do like trying to do that and like I get a little bit extra time off around Christmas, but my wife doesn't, so you know, it's not like we can just like you know, put on some hot cocoa and spend all day watching Christmas movies. Um mm-hmm. so um you know, I could if I wanted to, but she couldn't, so that wouldn't be fair. Right, exactly. So um yeah. Um <clears throat> well, it would be fair. I just pick the ones that she doesn't care about. True, sure. um, uh, like Muppets Christmas Carol. But yeah, no, I would I would definitely check this one. I, I think this will, I think this will be one that grows on me, um, especially if I get more into the, some of the Muppets property. Uh, but this is one of the things I was looking up. So um, this is my only other note I wrote down um, is that to me, this is not the definitive version of a Christmas Carol for me, or not my favorite version. Um, I don't I don't know if I have a favorite like live action one. Um, I'm sure I've seen one that I really liked. I just can't remember. I think there's one from back in like the forties, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, maybe. Um, I, I definitely didn't see the Jim Carrey 2009 animated one. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently Guy Pearce and Andy Circus are in a 2019 one. No way. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's a 51 version and an 84 version. One of them has George C. Scott and, uh, Frank Finlay. One of them has Alistair Slim, Jack Warner, Reginald Owen, and Jean Lockhart. That's the 1938 one. Probably, probably one of those three I've seen and really like, um, you know, I, I, I don't know for sure. 7.8, 8.1, uh, the 51, 1951 one. That's probably the one I've seen, the 1951 version, um, yeah, Alistair Sim looking at his IMDb picture. He looks familiar in that. So I bet mm-hmm. you that's one I've seen. Uh, so I would still say that would be like, but that's, you know, live action. But even like the one that I have the most history with, the one that I personally love the most is Mickey's Christmas Carol, the 1983 short. Because I grew up with that one. You know, mm-hmm. if I'd grown up with Muppets Carol, maybe it would be different. Have you seen this Mickey's right. one?
1: I probably have. That's the thing. Like, I feel like I know the story so well from like different cartoons doing it. Right. That I don't know which ones I've seen.
0: Well, so the Mickey's one has, mm-hmm. um, so Scrooge Make Doc play Scrooge. Um, Mickey Mouse is Bob Cratchit. And then um, Goofy is the um, uh, ghost of uh, Jacob Marley. Um, and then some of the other ones are um, uh, some of the ghosts and whatnot. But like, I distinctly remember some of the visuals for that specifically. I think that the goofy is the Bob Marley was great. Uh, not Bob Marley. Wow. Uh, yeah. Jacob Marley. <laughs> Same thing. Um, I didn't even know. The notice. Jacob Marley's ghost. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and you know, Mickey Mouse says the Bob Cratchit um, was, was great. I, I really love that version. And it's funny. I was talking about pacing, how I didn't really buy it, but this Mickey's one is only 26 minutes long. And mm-hmm. It's like, I, I don't know, but like you take out the musical elements and like, you know, that, that cuts out what probably 30 minutes of the Muppets Christmas Carol, like, so, and then you take away the side stuff with, um, with the Gonzo playing Dickens and the other one. It's just like, True. you know, that's another 15 minutes off. Like, you know, so, uh, Um, Yeah, to me that's still my favorite, but I have so much nostalgia for it. I'm really excited to to watch that one again. Actually, it's been a long time since I've seen it. But um, uh, to but to me, like uh, a Christmas, uh, uh, this Christmas Carol is um, aside from the Christmas story, like the best Christmas story ever. Um, It's either this or the Gift of the Magi, the the people that give away some things to buy. The gifts for the other ones and then they give gifts that are like supplementary to the stuff that they gave away um, oh, I've never seen that one it's a uh, I don't know that there's really been a movie on it but there, it was part of Mickey's once upon a Christmas mm. and like it still makes me ball every time because like Mickey has some harmonica that he plays and Minnie has this locket that she loves and Mickey sells his harmonica to get something for Minnie's locket and Mickey sells her Minnie sells her locket to get Mickey a case for his harmonica so they give the gifts for Christmas. It's just like such a charming, delightful story that shows about the things that we're willing to sacrifice for one another. Like to me, like those are the two definitive Christmas stories. Um, And then, you know, after that, you can throw in whatever else you want. It's a wonderful life is a new year story, not a Christmas story, but um, you know Uh, anyway. So like a Christmas carol is for sure a goat. Um, do you have any other notes about the movie or are you ready to classify this one? Uh
1: yeah, I'm I'm ready to uh say it's a goat.
0: Okay. Uh I would too. Um uh yeah, I'd for sure say it's a goat. Um not not a not a greatest not a goat with an asterisk, right? Because A goat I wouldn't for Christmas say, movies. Yeah, I wouldn't for say Christmas this is one goat. of the greatest of all times, but this this is worth putting in the Semi-regular rotation for Christmas movies, for sure. Yeah. Uh, this is among the greatest all-time Christmas movies, for sure. Um, so, um, if we're assembling a Criterion Collection, sure, I'll put it in. Um, there's that. Yeah. Uh, where does this fall on your list?
1: I think number nine is where I had it. Uh, yeah, number nine behind Good, Bad and the Ugly.
0: I have this at, um, Oh, I had this a little lower. Um, wow. 20. That can't be right. Um, (laughs) I'd say 22. Um, so maybe I'm more towards the middle of loved it, liked it, but like I have this behind Dr. Strange love and his girl Friday and the conversation and the sting and all that. But I do have this above butch Cassidy and the Sundance kid. Um, and, uh, some of those other ones, uh, yeah, I mean, middle of the line, but like middle of the list is still a good movie for this list. So, yeah. uh, yeah, that would be where I'd put it. Um, Oh, oh you know, it's, it's a good movie. Um, and like I said, I think it'll grow on me over time. That's that, um, let's see on next month's goats. So we're going to be talking about Casablanca. Um, uh, we'll have, uh, one of the new writers, Blake joining us. That'll be fun um yeah Casablanca um Take blake not Flake blake new blake Um, (laughs) new blake um he'll be joining us and we'll be talking about that uh the end of next january so there's that you ready to move on to the b plot let's do it sweet uh so it's a building off of last month what are some movie quotes that you love the most uh, not necessarily ones you quote a lot because of humor, but movie quotes that you just simply love um, for whatever. So I'll give you a little bit of a caveat. Um, a lot of the ones I pick are because of the context. A lot of the quotes I pick are because of what's going on around them um, visually or because of an editing style or whatever. Um, what I did is I went through my favorite movies of all time list and then I just thought if there's a quote that I like that's that's more than just, oh, that's really funny, you know, like some of the ones that we mentioned last time, um, uh, then I'm going to add it. Uh, there, if I if I can visualize a moment where there's a quote that I really love, based off of more than just comedic merit, uh, then I'm gonna pick it. So uh, we said I eight and uh, I I have eight and you have four, right?
1: I'm adding some more as we as we speak.
0: Well, let me start since you're doing that. Um, okay, um, I'll, I'll start with a really cliche one um, that isn't necessarily even groundbreaking necessarily. Um, but from interstellar um, love is the one thing we're capable of perceiving that transcends time and space. Uh,
1: So I have that on there too. Um,
0: Oh, okay.
1: But for a very specific reason, and that's because my dad was a pastor for 20 something years. um, Mm -hmm. And for that reason, I I knew he was good at public speaking and he's married lots of people. Like he's been the the efficient. He's only married one person and that's, (laughs) that's my mother. Um, Uh, So, yeah, he he did my wedding and he and I quote movies constantly at each other. Mm -hmm. Um, But my fiance at the time with now said only one movie quote (laughs) is allowed in his (laughs) in his thing. Uh, Speech, sermon, whatever you call it. And he chose that that interstellar quote because that's like my fifth favorite movie of all time. And it's one of Mm -hmm. his also. We saw it opening night at like 10 o'clock and two and a half hour movie, almost three hours. We both st- still stayed awake uh, because we were gripped the whole time. So yeah, that that's one of the big ones for me.
0: I saw this in a theater that was showing it in the 55 millimeter print. That mm-hmm. was really fun. Nice. Um, I would appreciate that a lot more seeing it now. I didn't, I couldn't really tell you the difference back when I initially saw it in 2013. Yeah. Um, so, but I, yeah, Anyway, um, yeah, no, it's it's a great quote. It's a great, meaningful moment, um, and everything about Interstellar just makes me cry. Um, yeah. So. Yes. Yeah, um, but th- that's kind of the one. If you're gonna pick a quote, that's the one. You know, the moment is when Matthew McConaughey cries because Jessica Chastain is a full-grown adult now. But that's mm. not a quote. So.
1: Right. I I found the the 4K for like eleven bucks, and Heck I yeah. I of course bought it, and I was just like checking Can out you on on a
0: four K m- player. Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: And I was checking it out on my TV, and I watched the docking sequence the other day, and I was like, "It
0: looks gorgeous." I was on like, the 4K I just I need so to watch this whole thing 4K again
1: TV. right now. Yeah,
0: it's like top three looking for take four K discs I own for sure. Yeah. right, um, I'll go for another one um, since I knocked off one of yours. Uh, <laughs> I have more. Um, here we go. We'll go for uh, we'll go for a little bit more of a comedic one, and again, it just kind of resembles what's going on in the moment. But um, it's from Crazy Stupid Love. Um, but it's 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 the famous everything collides in one scene, because that's maybe my favorite scene of all time in any movie ever. Wow. Um, so the quote that I picked was uh, when uh, when Kevin Bacon shows up and he says, "I I have your sweater. You left it in the car." And of course, they're like wrestling around the lawn, and, and um, somebody's just like, "Who are you?" And he goes, "I'm David Lindhagen." And <laughs> And Ryan Gosling, since so a quote I pick, Ryan Gosling goes, "David Hogan, huh? Eh? All right." And he takes off his ring and he goes <laughs> and texts him in the face, and then uh, and then they get into the scram, and they're like, "You know, stay away from my daughter." He's like I don't even know what to do with you, daughter. He's like, "I don't even know you." <laughs> Just <laughs> uh, so like more of a comedic one, not not a quote I would I would do. I mean, maybe uh, nobody would get it, but like for what that specific quote like resembles, I I love that scene. Nice.
1: Um, yeah, I just went I did what you said you did, and I went through my favorite movies and just took like the the big quote from it so uh, um, another one that I always tear up thinking about is the poem from the gray, the mm, once, yeah, once more into the fray into the last good fight I'll ever know, live and die on this day, live and die on this day, um out of context, it's not really great, but in the context of it it's one of the most moving movie moments uh, for me.
0: I thought about, I thought the same thing for eternal sunshine and the spotless mind, but I didn't put it, but like when he's reading the poem. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I'll go with another like relatively cliched one, but why do we fall Bruce? So we can learn to pick ourselves back up. Hmm. I thought that was great. Um, and I promise not. I think that's the last Nolan one I have here. So we're good. Um, but yeah, that's great.
1: Uh, these aren't in any particular order for me, but I just want to throw that up there from Shawshank. Yeah, mine mine either. From Shawshank, hope is a good thing, maybe the best of things, and no good thing ever dies.
0: Mm. Yeah, I love that. Um, From Star Wars, Rogue One, uh, we have hope, rebellions are built on hope. Uh, Again, not necessarily a great quote, but for what that moment represents. Um, Love it.
1: Do you have a lot of rebellions in your life? Um, Yeah, you know me. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Um... How can you not be romantic about baseball? Because
0: oh, I wish I would have thought about that one. That's <laughs> so good.
1: Because Moneyball is the perfect intersection of favorite things for me between movies and baseball. So sure.
0: yeah. Um, all right, uh, I'll throw in uh, one Aaron Sorkin here, um, and this is interesting because this is a quote from something else. But uh, the moment where um, uh, from All These Game. From where um, uh, Idris Elba and Jessica Chastain are having that thing, he's like, just, just release the whatever, and she's like, refusing to do it, and they get this really heated argument, and she's like, why won't you do it? Why? Won-? And she, and she, she just screams like, because it's my name, mm-hmm. and it's all I have left, and then like that really powerful moment happens, and then Idris Elba is like, now you read the Crucible, like so. <laughs> um I need to watch yeah, that so one again. So she's quoting the crucible um, and, but right. she kind of adds her own little thing to it uh, it's a really powerful moment and honestly she, both of them were snubbed for acting uh, that year sure so,
1: yeah excuse me um, you want me to go with my Aaron Sorkin that I just thought of right now sure sorry my prod is at the cleaners along my hoodie and my FU flip-flops <laughs> you pretentious <laughs> douchebag
0: yeah yeah that works <laughs> Um, I I'll give my other Sorkin then, um, you know, I'm a big fan of the trial of Chicago seven and I could have picked seven or eight moments from this movie that resemble it. Uh, you know, but some of them are like pretty lackluster quotes. Like maybe the best moment is where Mark Rylance just screams like, no, he doesn't, you know, finally just getting fed up with the judge being mad about, Mm -hmm. um, uh, him not having representation. Um, uh, Oh, Yaha Abdul-Mateen's second character. Uh, The person he's portraying. I can't remember his name right now. I don't know, I've only seen it uh, the one time. So uh, anyway, so like that would be the one uh, that would be one I would go for. Or there's that moment right before that cheesy fade to black shot where he says, "Like I'm sorry, give me give me a second to think." I've never been put on trial for my thoughts before. Uh, the one I went with, and again, this is a combination of like what this what this means, the way it was edited, and all that. But um, there, it's interspliced with telling the story, and then um, Sasha Cohen's character Abby Hoffman doing stand up at college nights, and he says, "60s outside the bar, 50s inside the bar," and then. And like, there's this really big music playing up. It's like an unnecessary metaphor. And it's just like, they crash through the window. It's like, th- like, I love that moment. Like, that's such a good moment. Such a good, clever way to portray what's going on. Nice. So, I love that.
1: Uh, about time. We're all traveling through time together every day of our lives. All we can do is do our best to relish this remarkable ride.
0: Yeah, you could pick like 18 quotes from that movie.
1: Yes, including.
0: Including that one. That's I'm, great.
1: I searched about time quotes and the second one on Rotten Tomatoes is, is my butt plug itches. <laughs> I don't know. That must be a cut line. I don't, remember, I don't remember, that. remember that at all. I
0: don't remember that and I watched this movie like two weeks ago.
1: Oh, I've seen this movie a hundred times and I don't remember it. So anyway.
0: um, I'll give one that has needs a little bit of explanation, but from Palm Springs. Um, there's a couple of these like really good like philosophical ones uh but the one i'm going with you've seen palm springs right Mm
1: -hmm. yeah
0: Yeah. um there's a when uh when andy samberg goes to jk simmons house um and they're like sitting in the backyard and i watched that scene again just the other day because i was thinking about this and it's so good he's like he's like you know my daughter's over there doing this my son's over there he's watering dog shit and like (laughs) uh and then uh but but like what he says is uh, the quote I picked is he said this was always a good day here you know and like the message that he's trying to say is like sure I went to this wedding and when I met you I was really unhappy but he's like I'm I sh- I would have been like if you notice the things then mm-hmm. you can be happy you know this was always a good day yeah so I love that
1: uh, it's not your fault from Google oh, hunting yeah.
0: gosh you I totally would have put that one there come on. <laughs> So this was hard for me. I was talking about dog
1: shit talking about (laughs) good quotes from Good Will Hunting.
0: I know. Like I was, um, I mean, really this classifies best as like better as like movie moments for me than quotes. Hmm. Um, I tried to take the quotes in their context. Um, I have one more. Um, I have three uh, more that
1: can be combined into one.
0: Okay. Uh, I'm bad and that's good. I'll never be good. And that's not bad. There's nobody I'd rather be than me. The the villains mantra from Wreck-It Ralph. Ah, and like that itself is like fine, but the moment where he like sacrifices himself to dive into the volcano, um, and he's, and he recites that, um, it's great. Yeah. I love it.
1: Great movie. Not great sequel. Um, uh,
0: I, I like it, but yeah, I,
1: I hated the sequel. Um, <laughs> my, my favorite lines from each one of Lord of the Rings. Um, all we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us from fellowship of the ring. Mm. Um, Pretty much Sam's whole speech at the end of Two Towers, but specifically, there's some good in this world and it's worth fighting for uh, yeah. from Two Towers. And then Return of the King. No, the journey doesn't end here. Death is just another path, one that we all must take. The gray rain curtain of this world rolls back and all turn- turns to silver glass, and then you see it. White shores and beyond, a far green country under a swift sunrise. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's great. Uh, and see, and this is the difference between movie quotes and movie moments, which means I did this wrong because moments would have been the you, you kneel to no one, like
1: you bow yeah. to no one. Yeah,
0: you bow to no one. Sorry. You're messing up your favorite thing. Yeah, come on. Um, what do we do? <laughs> I was just thinking of one. Actually, this would have fell in last week's category, but it's the um, the moment in. Um, do you remember the the church sequence in the first Kingsman movie?
1: That's like the big action sequence, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, kind of. There,
0: there's a quote that he says right before that, where he just like somebody asks him if he's okay, and he just says the most filthy thing you've ever heard. Oh. And like it's it's really funny. I yeah, just remember that when if you get around to that one, yeah. or when you get around to that one again, it's because it, it's one of those moments where those like, <laughs> like, and then you're giggling, and then and then all of a sudden they activate the chip, and he just goes off, and this is big Warner where he's just demolishing people in a church. It's great. Uh, yeah, that was fun. I think I think we can play around with these a little bit more. These movie quotes type of things. Um, yeah, and honestly, even if we go back to just which what are ones that make you laugh. I mean, we can yeah just keep on doing that for a while.
1: I could just keep a rolling tally for that week.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, let's move on to the spin Uh Robert. What's that one thing in any area of pop culture that you really want to tell people to check out or to stay away from?
1: Well, let me ask you something. Did you know that there's a new Spider-Man movie coming out very soon?
0: Um, only every time I open Twitter, (laughs) which is like one time every six seconds. Yeah.
1: So, uh, my brother-in-law actually didn't know that the three Spider-Man are likely all going to be in this. So I don't know how big of a spoiler this is, but I've been watching all the Spider-Man movies in lead up to the new one just to remember all the villains and all the, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I rewatched the Raimi movies. I haven't seen them too many times. Um, and I like them. All three of those movies are very good. Um, including, well, the first two are very good. And the third one is kind of good.
0: Did you watch the theatrical cut or the editor's cut?
1: Uh, theatrical cut.
0: Okay. Editor's cut's better.
1: I never. I didn't even know there was one. But I still, I, th- I thought it was solid. But my thing is, these movies are freaking goofy. And they yeah. lean into being goofy. Mm-hmm. And that's why there's so many, like, that's why they're memeable. And that's why they've been memed so much.
0: I don't know if the intention was to be goofy or if they just aged goofy. I don't know. I don't. Like Spider-Man 3 for sure, goofy, right? Yeah. Like, yo, know, especially with emo Peter Parker. Like, right. But I don't know. I think, I think the first two were trying to be serious, but they kind of come off as goofy.
1: Well, that, that's the thing. The first two try to be serious and they have goofy parts and they succeed at being serious. Uh, yeah. In the third one, the goofiness overtakes it a little bit. And yes. that's why it's not as good.
0: Well, but that's why Sam, like Sam Raimi, also didn't care while he was making the third one because right. Sony kept on saying a bunch of stuff. So sure, but and like, it's like fine, whatever.
1: Yeah. So I, I just wanted to say those movies are very good. Um, maybe a little bit better than I remembered. Uh, especially like the end of Spider Man Three after all of the crap happens. You know his his talk with Sandman is very good, and his like yeah. ending on the hug with Mary Jane is great. Um, so yeah. Uh, maybe we're running out of time, but we are running out of time. I don't understand multiverses. How, how, how are they different? How are they all Peter Parker, but they're different looking?
0: I don't know. Like, that's the one thing is like, if everything's a little bit of an alternate version, but like, it it just seems weird. I mean, I guess the answer would be that somewhere along the line, um, you know, there was a different mate and that changed genetic the, like the way that the genetic line looked down so okay I, that's about all you could say i really like i just
1: I, I, i've heard of like oh batman is bad in this version or it's like batman's dad turns into batman and that like makes sense to me
0: well or that's specifically flashpoint and so that that one actually says that in so when uh when joker uh or not when joker when um uh joe cool um shows uh, up Joe Chill, yeah. Joe Cool is better. Snoopy. <laughs> Same thing. Uh, when Snoopy holds up the Waynes, uh, he he shoots Bruce instead of uh, instead of the parents, and so that causes uh, Thomas Wayne to go insane and becomes a like vigilante Batman, and the mom goes insane and becomes Joker. Okay. So um, so that's what that is referring. So you know, so that is a very clear. This one thing happened that changed. I I don't know how you justify they look differently. If you want to say like th- it's this Spider Man, but they're female now, like that's. That's fine or whatever, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's gonna, but they're not going to address it and it's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the end of the world if they don't address why Tobey Maguire is, you know, a really old dude.
1: And why Green Goblin is alive and why Doc Ock is bad again
0: and why Sandman is bad again. (laughs) Yes. All of that stuff. Um, Robert, do you want to hear me talk about something that I really liked or something that's pretty mediocre? Uh, what you really liked. Uh, this is Ryan the Last Dragon. This is what I had uh, listed down. I really liked Ryan the Last Dragon. I finally watched it uh, a couple days ago. I'll save my pretty me- mediocre thing for last week. Um, <laughs> nice. Uh, like, this is fine. It's not the best Disney animation's ever been. But it's it's a solid film with a really good message that you can see coming from a mile away. Um, but uh, definitely lots of cultural stuff that they do well. Um, really, my only complaint is I don't. I, I really don't think that I liked um, Aquafina as the dragon um
1: yeah
0: it was really like off-putting and like if they want to go for you know the sillier kind of dragon thing but um i don't know and and, and like it, maybe looking back like it is kind of nice because the sisu is specifically like a very 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 optimistic character and the way that aquafina, aquafina kind of carries herself especially in the movie is like some very interested excited person so um yeah, you know, so I guess that kind of plays well. I it just felt jarring to me mm-hmm. the whole movie. It wasn't one of those like adjustments. It was jarring the whole time. Um, yeah, and there was lots of things that was just like, why can't like when uh, when the country of Fang was the 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 girl from Fang was following Raya, and it was just like, why can't you just say, look, I found Sisu, let's do this. like I don't know why you can't like. There's so much unnecessary conflict in this movie. It was a. Like, nightmare for me to try to figure my figure my way around it but the the music's great um the animation is great the voice acting is mostly great the message is great it's a disney animation film so you know it's pretty good at least so
1: yeah i saw it earlier this year liked it and i'll be honest i haven't thought about it since so uh,
0: yeah i it's mean not, it hasn't
1: really stuck with me
0: yeah i mean that's that's fair Uh um, yeah. that's very fair uh, it's Sure. Well, that'll do it. Cook, remind that "Sip Pop Writers Room is part of the Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. If you want to write for SipPop.com, you can get contact with Robert or I. You can DM Sip uh, uh, Pop on Twitter. Uh, you can email writersroom at um, Follow me on Twitter at Schweikastle and on Letterboxd at Uh Robert, where do you want to send people to?
1: Uh, Twitter at underscore Rob's Thoughts.
0: Twitter at underscore Rob's Thoughts uh thanks for hanging out robert like i said next month we're gonna do casablanca um, that'll be a lot of fun um and uh next week i have uh matt and ian on to do a nostalgia uh episode should be a lot of fun to do that as well uh so well, actually hold on that's two weeks from now next week is may and luke uh we'll be talking about uh the 2022 releases that are coming out that should be a lot of fun um it's always a lot of fun uh yes and so uh but thanks again for coming on always love having you on i yeah. really appreciate it it's always fun um and we'll uh um we'll see you back here next Get week back to the writer's room